Hey there, this is Anna. If you enjoy listening to Watershed, please consider making a donation. This podcast is made for you and by you. Thanks. Welcome to Watershed. Right now, Luann Williams is lending me some knee-high snake boots. She's taking me on an abbreviated tour of the 3,400 acres that she and her husband Ben own outside of Palaka, Florida, and she wants to make sure I'm prepared. The hiking boots I've brought clearly aren't up to the exploration. This is the realm of ticks, mosquitoes, snakes, bears, and bobcats. And um, so these really protect you. You don't really need anything higher. Are those too small? I have a bigger pair if you need them. Managing this property has become a project for Ben and Luann. And they're, well, for lack of better words, renovating this forest. I'm Anna Hamilton, and this is Watershed, a podcast exploring Floridian culture, our changing environments, and the space in between. Let's head inland with Luann in her souped-up all-terrain golf cart. Is the dog coming? Molly? Molly? She'll usually run right alongside this thing. As we bump down trails, Luann gets almost giddy. See them right there? See them right there? There's always something new to see, and she's like a citizen scientist. If you look on the sides of the road, you might see deer, hog. Um, We saw a couple of bobcats in the road last week, and there are also coyotes. We don't know how many, and we're not real fond of them, but... uh, And the turkeys were had 12 turkeys standing in one of the other roads down the way. We thought they were a group of buzzards until we got the binoculars out because there were that many big black birds in the road and we're like, those are turkeys. Out here, it's mostly pine, like slash and loblolly, though often this is interrupted by oak hammocks and swaths of spring-fed creeks. Luann says that there are still portions of this property she and her husband Ben have yet to explore. They bought the land from a major timber company a handful of years ago. It was an investment with perks. They wanted to grow trees, spend some time outside, and make a return. But Ben and Luann's forestry philosophy differs from that of a commercial operation. These are slash. These are probably about 12 years old, 10 or 12 years old. These need to grow another couple of years before we'll do the first thinning on these. And um, I don't know if you've ever heard of clear cutting, but that's what the timber companies a lot of times do. They'll come in and they'll just cut everything. Our hope is to thin these stands of the existing slash and loblollies and then go in and hand plant longleafs so that we'll always have a forest, never have a clear cut, and eventually, you know, reestablish the longleafs, even where they're not going to be planted uh, in large numbers. Ben and Luann are choosing to manage these acres more holistically, which means selective harvesting rather than clear cutting, conducting controlled burns, and reestablishing the longleaf pine ecosystem. Well, they're, they're the native species, and so you're restoring the land to its original state and and by having a longleaf forest you can you can enrich the natural wildlife historically longleaf pine was the pine of the southern united states the ecosystem once dominated the southern landscape from southeast virginia extending down through florida and west to texas Early settlers and naturalists marveled at the majestic landscape helmed by the longleaf pine. According to the Longleaf Pine Alliance, the longleaf was literally the tree that built the South. 
But over 150 years of human settlement and activity, the longleaf pine ecosystem fragmented and waned. Today, less than 1% of the South's natural stands remain. In the book Looking for Longleaf, Lawrence Early writes that the decline of the longleaf pine ecosystem is among the most severe in the world, surpassing the degree of loss of the Amazon rainforest, the North American tallgrass prairie, and the old-growth Douglas fir forests of the Pacific Northwest. To a layman's eye, it's hard to distinguish a longleaf pine from the more ubiquitous slash or loblolly, which are favored by commercial timber companies because they grow and mature more quickly than the longleaf. So what's to be gained by renewing an ecosystem that has almost disappeared? Luann and I pass through an overgrown parcel of slash and loblolly. She points to it and says, you see that? That's not productive forest. You look through here, there's nothing for the deer, the turkey. That's not a good place for the turkeys to have their nests. The quail hate it. Um, it's, there's nothing in there. It's just like, almost like a desert. Okay, but the, the longleafs will have growing amongst them all sorts of grasses, um, blueberries, blackberries, all kinds of things that the animals can, can eat and thrive on. And it also provides a better habitat for like the quail and the turkey to nest in. The, do you know that the longleaf forest is one of the most diverse ecosystems on the planet? On the planet. You can Google that. There are from salamanders, which you wouldn't think that would live out there, but they do. Salamanders, all kinds of insects, all kinds of birds. The red cockaded woodpecker uh, lives exclusively in the 40 plus year old longleaves. Um, and there's a, there's a fungus that grows in those trees that actually enables the woodpecker to live there. Ben and Luann have already planted several of their acres in longleaf pine, and the young trees look a lot like feather dusters, with shiny green needles shooting up towards the sky and cascading out. But they're quick to say this project to overhaul their property is just beginning. Today, Ben and Luann are working with a team on a prescribed burn of 70 acres. Here's the fire crew. It's, you can't burn these slash and loblollies when they're little because it'll kill them. But the longleaf can take and actually love the fire. Hang on back there. Hey, good morning. We're good. If they're successful today, they'll try to burn 500 more acres in the coming weeks. Controlled burning is a meticulous art, and they've been waiting a long time for the right conditions to burn their land. Is this the first time y'all have burned? This is the first time ours, yeah. We've been trying for three years, and the last two years either it was too wet or the contractors were busy. For the longleaf pine ecosystem, regular burning is a good thing. Plants and animals in this habitat have specifically adapted to this environment, which hinges on fire. And for the non-longleaf portions, controlled burning is an opportunity to burn what's called duff, the decaying needles that have accumulated beneath the pines. Duff is serious fire fuel, so precautionary burning lessens the potential impact of future wildfires. Somehow you think, oh, we had a fire. It's a disaster. It's burned up. You know, you always hear on the news, oh, we destroyed 300 acres. No, it didn't destroy 300 acres. It reset 300 acres. And in Florida, it probably, you know, probably did a good thing when it's all said and done. Unless, of course, it burned somebody's stuff or unless you own the 
trees and it burned your trees up, and then you got a problem. Because regeneration through fire is hardwired in the flora and fauna of the longleaf pine habitat, a lack of controlled burning is often what stands in the way of transforming a weak, overcrowded forest into a healthy, thriving forest. Nowadays, wildfire just gets suppressed. So it's going to have to be intentionally set out here. But once, once it's done a few times, once a few years of doing this is done, all, everything we see, you know, all participation that we've, participatory activities we've been on where they show you what's going on. Once you get it knocked back, you'll see a way more open landscape, and it'll be something you can do with two or three people and you can do very safely without the chance of creating a, a wildfire, without killing your trees, without killing the animals, you know, without, you can, so it'll get easier. It's just right now it's hard. I'm going to let you inside of my head for a second. I'm always thinking about how quickly Florida is growing. Now, it's not always a conscious consideration, but it's always sort of hanging over me like a little cloud of worry. We are now the third most populated state in the nation. How can we support this growth while pledging to maintain the resources that draw people here in the first place? I bring this up in this story because I think Ben and Luann are on to something. According to the Florida Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services, almost half of the state's 35 million acres is timberland. As our wild spaces shrink, maybe there's something to be said for exploring a multi-purpose approach to managing forests, one that balances profit with a functioning ecosystem. And and we're not crazed tree huggers, but, you know, if if you can produce income, provide a place for the guys that love to hunt to hunt, have the animals. If you can do all of those things, why not? You know, why not? I'll be dead before these trees are ready to be harvested right here, but, you know, somebody will enjoy them. And, and, the, and the, the, the ecosystem will benefit from them if somebody continues to manage it. All forests are not created equal, and if you're interested in learning more about the longleaf pine, I have so many resources for you at watershedradio.com. Seriously, I'm a little obsessed with this topic. This episode is made possible in part by the fine folks at the Southern Documentary Project at the University of Mississippi. And as it happens, they're currently at work on a film about the longleaf pine ecosystem in the southern United States. The trailers are beautiful. And of course, I've got a link to them on our website. Also, many thanks to Felipe Worst and the Soon Another for our music. I'm Anna Hamilton, and you've been listening to Watershed, a podcast about Florida in flux. You can listen to us on SoundCloud and subscribe to us via iTunes. And hey, while you're there, how about leaving us a review to let us know what you think? We'd appreciate it. Happy March, and we'll see you again in another couple of weeks.